Hey everybody and welcome back to Nerd Radio, your national nerd net radio direct. I am your host, Nick. Here with me today is Nate, 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 And so we already went through all our video games of the year. And today we're going to be talking about movies. Let's get into those movies. What is the best? What is the worst? We got drama, comedy, horror, also other stuff, because I need to scroll down. Animated action. (laughs) Biggest surprises, biggest disappointments, movies we missed, and the best overall. So let's get straight into it with drama. We got more drama than yo mama we got some tea on this category right here let me tell you that much i don't understand that reference <laughs> what the tea part or the really awful the like censoring oh the like kermit the frog like you got the tea you got some drama you know the kermit the frog mm. meme where it's like that's not no, my I business get the, i get the meme that, but like i don't understand what it has to do with drama because if you have tea you've got drama like you're talking crap about someone like you're talking about someone I don't know. I don't drink tea in general, so like you should. It's good for your health. <laughs> oh, so now I'm too fat for you. F- you. No, okay. that's not true. Get started. So for movies this year for drama, to start off we have Glass. We've got Marriage Story, Captive State, and Us. Those are all the nominees that we have for that category. Starting off with Glass, it was a good movie. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those that it was. I think underwhelming in comparison to Split. I think out of the trilogy, if you know you want, I mean, it is technically a trilogy. Out of the trilogy, Split is hand over fist the best one out of all of them. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and it may be just because I saw Unbreakable only this year. Yeah. I didn't actually see <laughs> Unbreakable when it came out, so it was very boring to me and it felt like a movie out of time, mm-hmm. you know, especially with the superhero movies we have nowadays. So, um, but glass, it's one of those that what it did was really cool and mm-hmm. how y- decades later we're finishing out the story of this world and actually starting a new story technically. Yeah. Um, and just to see, just to have the superhero approach of making you think you're crazy. Like you don't, yeah have this power I it's really, very fascinating i re- that was very intriguing and i really like that i feel like the biggest mistake this movie was or this movie did was its marketing because they tried to make it seem like oh this is the big epic conclusion and all they showed was like the last act of the movie and that's very misleading because this this that's why it's in the drama and not the action category. Cause I felt like this was way more of a drama. It was way more of a thinker and I really enjoyed it. I honestly really probably way more than you at this point, but I really enjoyed it. I felt like, um, if we're ranking it, it definitely goes split glass unbreakable because yep, like, I, I would just, say that I would, I, I mean, it's just, I really liked, I mean, first, I don't know if you were expecting like this big bombastic thing from, from the person who brought you Unbreakable and Split. It's just like, you're an idiot for thinking that in the first place, therefore you got let down. So it's like, no. Like, there's so many people complaining about, like, oh, it just didn't seem like... And I'm like, no, this is exactly what I was expecting. And so, like, it was great. It was a very... I, I mean, the one thing 
that holds true between Unbreakable, Split, and Glass was very much um, the storytelling. You know, Unbreakable, one of the reasons it is kind of boring is because it's it's a origin story, and it really is like an origin story. Like, Spider-Man from the Raimi trilogy, for instance, he gets his power within the first, like, ten minutes, and then you get to kind of see how he becomes Spider-Man, yada, yada. Whereas, like, the first ten minutes is kind of that two-hour unbreakable movie. (laughs) So, it's just a very different type of movie. And I feel like um, that's just what makes it so cool or whatever. Um, But, yeah, I really liked it. Um, Then the second one you mentioned was Marriage Story, um, that one was really good. Scarlett Johansson, Adam Driver, um, basically they get a divorce. And so it's a story about how they got together and now what what's happening now that they're getting a divorce or whatever. Um, honestly, the only negative I'd say about it, like the acting, freaking superb, just very good acting on both of the main characters' sides. The only thing I would have to say is I would have liked to seen this movie more from both of the perspectives because there's this moment in the movie where we kind of switch to Adam Driver's perspective and Scarlett Johansson's character comes off as a conniving, manipulative bitch. Like, mm. uh, without getting too much away, basically there's this one part where they said they weren't going to use lawyers for the divorce, but she goes and uses a lawyer. And then that lawyer goes around to all the other lawyers in the in the area and meets with them. Because even if you just meet with the lawyer, they can't represent you. So they purposely went to all these lawyers so that he couldn't use that lawyer. And I'm like, that is messed up. Granted, it's probably the the divorce lawyer that made her do it, but still it's like you agreed to it, you know? And that's just one example of all the effed up things that Scarlett Johansson's character did. But like I said, I, that's the one negative is that like, I really feel like they should have shown it from both angles. They should have made it more like of a, you know, civil war type of situation where there wasn't one person who was more right than the other. Instead, it's like Scarlett Johansson was an evil bitch until kind of the last little bit and it's like oh i guess she's not that bad like i don't know it was just dumb yeah big old kylo ren and (laughs) and Mm. black Black widow Widow, no when i when i saw the trailers for that i'm like god this looks good like this looks like a whole like just not a wholesome but like a wholehearted like this is going to be a phenomenal experience and I, I have also heard that Scarlett Johansson, this is one of her best roles, so I don't know if you can corroborate that or not. Oh, yeah. This as is one of like, the best performances uh, she's had. Uh, acting, you know, like she actually acts in this. Not that she actually doesn't act in Black Widow, but it's just different because it's so different when you're just like, I'm going to kick your butt versus real, like, dramatic acting. So, yeah, I definitely have to agree with that. Yeah. It's one of those that um, is definitely on my docket. Mm-hmm. Kind of going into where you know, which, which we've established a little bit more of about what in game, what movies Nick has Nate has or has not seen this <laughs> this year. <laughs> so um, this is this is definitely one of those, but it's it's uh, one that is on my list like an immediate watch. Mm-hmm. Another one we have on the list is Us, the second movie from Jordan Peele following uh, Get Out and. Man, this movie 
it's it's one of those this is this is in my opinion one of those movies that'll go down as a cultural thing like mm-hmm, this movie mm-hmm. is a part of the culture when we think about the either this decade or you know the past few years like you remember this you know it's one of those it's like it stays with you and, and the memes and stuff live on and it's so relevant still um but it, it's one of those that with get out i really enjoyed i didn't love it or think it was you know you know i mean it was definitely highbrow top tier filmmaking but it, you know i wasn't like you know obviously giving it critic praise yeah us is one of those where i feel like he really refined what he did with get out and told, I think, a better story. I think Us has a better story than Get Out, because Get Out kind of seemed a little more like thriller, all over the place kind of thing. This had a clear like beginning, middle, and end with some twists, but just the atmosphere of it, it's... It, 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 you have certain filmmakers where you're like, that's their style. Like, I can see a John Favreau film be like, yeah, he directed that. You know, I can see the same thing with Jordan Peele now, that that's a Jordan Peele-type movie. But it's... Man, it's one of those that it stays with you for sure, which is interesting because that's kind of the core concept of the film. Yeah. Yeah. Then we have Captive State. Um, this one was really cool because, like, instead of a movie about like an alien invasion while it's happening, this is an alien invasion pretty much after they won. They've already won. It's been years. It's like there's, you know, there's rules and regulations and stuff. So this is very much the story of like an underground fight. Like not only have they taken over, they've taken over the entire world. They have people in their government, like, you know, humans in their government and who are sympathizers and stuff like that. Um, It's a really good story, has a really good twist at the end um, and just like really gut wrenching. Like, as far as how serious it is. Almost too serious to the point where it was just like, I wouldn't call it boring because it was definitely interesting all the way through. But it definitely, like, it was really freaking serious. So, yeah. So, I mean, what's your personal drama of the year? I feel like it's uh, pretty obvious, but go on. I would have to say us for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Glass, I really enjoyed. But, you know, and I didn't have high expectations like you were saying, so I wasn't one of those people. But I feel like it just kind of fell flat, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with how Split was, how I, I think that that's just a phenomenal piece of, of film, yeah. <laughs> of cinema. Like, it's just one of those, it's got a great story that you understand. And, you know, I, I don't know. But I would have to say my personal pick would be us out of this category. I pick us, too. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you and me, me and you, both of together. us together. Uh, marriage Story, I feel like, is the super obvious one, just because it's probably the most drama out of the drama that we picked. So, I mean, that's my personal take. Um, unfortunately, uh, other than Glass, Glass is really the only one that both of us saw, but if I'm being honest, I don't feel like that deserves the TX3 drama of the year. So we're just going to go on our personal ones for this one. So then let's move on to comedy. We got comedy. We have The Long Shot, Detective Pikachu, Booksmart, Always Be My Maybe, and Zombieland Double Tap. So the only one you saw, go ahead and say... Sorry, I'm throwing you on <laughs> the bus. Land. <laughs> With Zombieland Double Tap. That was the only out-of-this-list comedy that I saw this year. And, you know, it's one of those that it did not... This is one of those movies that clearly did not exceed my expectations, mm-hmm. but 
perfectly met them and I was very content with okay. it. It's one of those that it, with situations like this where it's a basically a decade later that we have a sequel for this. It can be either, you know, really great. It could be like, oh, you're just trying to, it could, it could be either really great or really terrible. This was one of those, it was a great sequel. It had, you know, new gags in it, like with the whole kind of replacement of the Bill Murray thing. And you know, it basically is expanding on this world of Zombieland and told a really, really good continuation story. Only problem I have with this movie is Abigail Breslin. I think that, Who's that? I don't know what's going on. She's the little girl. Oh, yeah. She was a little girl. And she was also in Little Miss Sunshine. She looks rough in this yeah. film. Yeah, I hear that like she's out of the story pretty much. Like they kind of just ride her out of it, sort of. Yeah, she is. Um, but also, like I said, she definitely looks like a child yeah. actor, like mm-hmm. a grown up child actor. Like she looks rough, but, um, yeah, it's like, uh, Elijah funny. Wood, like, even though he's like 30, maybe even going into his forties, you see him in, in a movie nowadays. He's still like, I'm sorry. How old are you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good. It's, it's definitely funny. It's, it's, it has a lot of laugh out loud mm-hmm. moments and it's just a really good continuation. Good yeah, sequel. yeah. So then, all the good comedies. Let's talk about those, <laughs> because some people actually watch movies. Um, the long shot is the one with Seth Rogen and uh, uh, oh god, I, I almost called her Catherine Zeta-Jones. No, Charlize, <laughs> Charlize Theron, <laughs> Charlize Theron. If you've seen um, that one's really cool. I mean, it's political without getting too political. I mean, they could have definitely made most of the jokes politically based, but instead it was just like, here's this stoner and he f- happens to fall in love with somebody who was, you know, back in high school, but now she's kind of running for president or something. It's cool. It's kind of just a throwaway comedy or whatever. Speaking of throwaway comedy, Detective Pikachu, there's tons of Pokemon fans out there that just don't really like this movie and they're just like this is so dumb yada 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 i loved it it was fine i'm not a hardcore pokemon fan but i know enough about them um tangentially that it's like i really enjoyed all the little easter eggs i liked the story the story was fine um and in general, I just I feel like it definitely deserves to be on this list. Speaking of deserves to be on this list, book smart. Um the only thing I'd have to say about this one is that it took maybe a little bit too long to get started. Kind of like in Super Bad, where you know they start going out to parties and stuff, and so it, you know, but in Super Bad, it was really funny before they even started trying to get the alcohol. Whereas yeah. this, it's like it doesn't get funny until they they get to the point, just like in Superbad, where like they're trying to get alcohol or they're basically trying to make it to the party essentially. So it takes way too long. Granted, it really establishes their character, but at the same time, they're just boring and they're kind of stuck up because they're book smart. These are the nerds. And so they're book smart. And so they kind of just seem pretentious and I don't know. So I'm going to be, go ahead. I'm going to be 100% honest when I first saw the trailer for this and I saw that it was Olivia Wilde's um, directorial debut. Oh yeah. I, I was about worried that. about this because I like Victoria, Victoria Wilde. No. Olivia Wilde. Olivia you Wilde literally you. just Thank said you. it. I just literally just said it. Um, <laughs> I like Olivia Wilde, but especially recently in the whole kind of the Trump presidency, she's gotten really woke on social media in a lot of ways. And mm. so, you know, and, and 
in some ways. So I was a little bit worried about this, but whenever I saw everything about this, I was like, oh, this looks like this generation super bad. In a way, yeah. Yeah, it is. Like, I like the premise of it. Basically, the premise of it is these two girls are book smart. They're the nerds. They're the ones that stick to homework. You know, their good idea of a Friday night is them finishing up their homework and then just sitting around and watching TV together. And so they get into a really prestigious college and they're so excited. Um, there's this there's this scene where basically she's getting made fun of. And so she comes out and she kind of, you know, pretentiously kind of, you know, makes fun of them instead. And she's like, actually I'm going to Yale. And she's like, wait, what? And so then, um, the three people that are make fun of them, one's going to Yale and the other two are going to like Harvard and Brown, I think, or something like that. Really prestigious schools or whatever. And she's like, but you guys don't do anything. They're like, no, we just like to have fun. And so it was this, like, it was this epiphany for her where she literally goes out in the hall and's like, where the fuck are you going to college? We're not supposed to tell anybody. Where the fuck are you going to college? And so she, she basically finds out that all these people that she thought just partied and everything are still going to college. So then she has this realization. It's like, we skipped all the partying because we thought that we needed to focus on school to get to a good college. Whereas apparently we could have done both this whole time. So it's about them having their last chance at being, you know, rebels essentially. And so that's, yeah. the, that's the overall premise of the movie. And I feel like they executed it very well. Uh, Always be my maybe is a very kind of by the numbers. Um, romantic comedy although I love the two Asian actors the two main Asian actors in this um, I felt like they did just it was really funny and the absolute this is the scene of the year Nate I'm talking about any movie of all this is the scene of the year when um, the Asian girl is dating somebody, of course, the Asian guy gets kind of jealous or whatever. But then it turns out that it's Keanu fucking Reeves. <laughs> and not Keanu Reeves playing a character. No, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> it is actually Keanu Reeves. And, of course, they make some Matrix jokes and everything. But it's so funny because he plays this, like, uh, exaggerated version of himself. Where he's like, you know, namaste. And he's like you speak your truth and just they go to <laughs> they go to a, they go to a restaurant and they like um they <laughs> sorry um they go to a restaurant where they have to listen to the animal that they're eating <laughs> it's the most absurd thing and so <laughs> Keanu Reeves is eating a steak while listening to a cow and he just is like crying he's like thank you for your sacrifice <laughs> it's just the most absurd thing and I loved every goddamn like th that one scene in the movie just makes the entire movie uh, worth it because like I said it's very by the numbers but that one scene Oh, God. And then the, eventually they go on to another scene and he's still in it. It's, oh, my God. But it's so freaking hilarious. Oh, my God. Ugh. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I had, I had wondered what that whole... Because I remember seeing that being a thing. Everyone's like, you know, oh, my God, Keanu Reeves. I was like, 
was he pl- was he Keanu? Like, what was yeah. going, why why was that so special? And then I had seen bits and pieces of it, and I was like, oh my god! But yeah, I'm with you. Both of those actors, uh, the main actors in the mm-hmm. film, I love. You know, I love, and you know, I haven't seen um, her in so much of of many things as much as I have the. I don't. I don't remember his name. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, she's a stand up um, comedian, so I feel like this might be one of her first movies or at least one of the first movies where she's like a main person hey at least it's a better movie than train wreck hey oh train wreck was literally a train wreck anyways so what's your personal oh wait the only fucking one you've seen back to me um, so no i actually the one that the one that i think that i would pick probably would be book smart mm-hmm. because long shot it's one of those Longshot seemed like a classic Rogan movie, yeah, like a Judd Apatow yeah. kind of, you know, more evolved. And it's one of those I like, but I like the the fact and the concept of, of Booksmart being a more evolved, like smarter, modern version of Superbad. Because Superbad's, whether you like it or not, a classic. Yeah. You know, so I personally, out of this list, would pick Booksmart. Yeah. Um, I would agree Aggrieve? Aggrieve. I would aggrieve. I'm so sad about agreeing with you that it's aggrieving. <laughs> Anyways, but I agree. Uh, Booksmart, uh, even though, yes, it does take a little while to get a little while to get started, <laughs> um, it is overall, I'd say, the best comedy because, I mean, it is kind of smart. You know what I mean? Some of these are just kind of throwaway. Always be my maybe. Very throwaway. Uh, long shot. You know, if you like stoner kind of movies, then there you go. You like that. I feel like Booksmart is a comedy that anybody could watch and enjoy, except for maybe, you know, minorities, because this is a very freaking white movie. <laughs> Even though there's like kind of woke in it and everything, but it's it's still super freaking white movie. Anyways, um... So yeah, I think we can totally agree on that, which makes it also TX3's comedy of the year. So let's move on to our horror slash thriller. So this is the funny part for me is I've seen more of these movies I feel this year than I do than I have mm-hmm. of anything else, and I don't watch horror movies. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, for horror thriller, we have Happy Death Day to You, Crawl. Ready or Not, and In the Tall Grass. So, Happy Death Day to You is kind of similar to Zombieland Double double Tap in a way, where it's like... Only it didn't take 10 years. (laughs) Yes, only it didn't take 10 years, but it's one of those, it's like, how could they make a sequel to a movie that's basically a Groundhog Day story? Right. And then actually up the ante from there and go comic book bat crazy mm-hmm. and it's still be entertaining and like oh this is a good movie that's happy death day to you like it's one of those i was not expecting to be as good as it was yeah like walked out fully satisfied giggity and um <laughs> just enjoyed the movie absolutely throughout did not feel like regurgitated yeah film content anything like that it felt fresh even the flashback scenes felt fresh yeah I totally agree. I um Happy Death Day to you to a certain extent is kind of just a throwaway, but at the same time, like you said, they take everything from the first one and I feel like make it better. Not only that, but actually kind of explaining how the first one even happened in the first place. And that's kind of cool. And it wasn't like this thrown together, you know, mess of a, you know, 
plot it was very much like okay this makes sense now we know why it happened and also like her reaction to be to being stuck in a death loop again and having that like you've never seen that before because once groundhog day ends it's done when edge of tomorrow ends it's done you know this is the first time it's like we've revisited (laughs) um a death loop and to I, I feel like it's a huge accomplishment that they're able to do that and not make it feel like a money grab. Because, I mean, if they made another Edge of Tomorrow, it would feel like a money grab. You know what I mean? It would just be like, oh, well, the yeah. first one did really well. And not only that, but this came out pretty soon after Happy Death Day. You know, you mean like Top Gun Maverick? Huh? No, that actually does look like a good movie. No, just no. <laughs> uh, so then the second one was Crawl. Um, this is the one with the crocodiles during the hurricane, um, which looks like everything I would love. Like I don't, again, hate scary movies. Well, wife's gotten me more used to it over the, these past few years, but She's this is one of those I saw the dark side. <laughs> this is one of those that I saw the trailer, multiple trailers. And I'm like, yep, mm-hmm. this is one of those. Yep. Like, this is going to be good. Yeah. I, <laughs> everything about it. I loved crawl. It was, I hate to say, I, this is going to be kind of a, a reoccurring thing that I say it is kind of a throwaway movie, but kind of in the best way, because it's like, this isn't going to be a franchise, even though happy death day to you is really good. It's not part of a franchise. It's a one-off movie that we never need a sequel to ever. And that's okay. And just like what happens in this movie? My God, my god especially towards the end like what happens to daddy oh my god um but it was really good it was very tense um and nothing seemed manufactured i mean other than maybe the hurricane itself obviously but everything just felt like it made sense you know what i mean there's so many horror movies out there that just like People make decisions, people do things, and it doesn't make sense. This is the one and only time that's like maybe one thing that happened that was like, well, that was dumb. But other than that, like that dumb like thing that really happened good. to a side character. So it's like, well, maybe that side character is just dumb. So it's like it was okay. Um, so, yeah. You mean like that really good Geico commercial? The horror movie Geico commercial where it's like the, oh, they're hiding. Exactly, it's like, hey, exactly. look, there's a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So nothing like that happens. And so, yeah, that's my point is that like it's just a very kind of smart one-off thing. And it can be its its own little self-contained story. It doesn't need to be a part of a franchise. doesn't need to have like Lake Placid where there's like fucking three of them or something. Like, what the hell? Just stop. Okay, just stop. You know, unless you set another crawl during a freaking hurricane, then it's just going to seem forced. So anyways, yeah. So that's, that's, that's my thoughts. Go on. Speaking of self-contained ready or not ready or not is a really, really good isolated movie. Yes. Mm -hmm. I can maybe see them. This is one of those, I would say there's like a 20, 10 or 20% chance they would make another one. Cause the, the, the world kind of that they put together is interesting mm-hmm. or at least the atmosphere. But, um, this was one of those that I just like, it was like, Hey, my mom wants to go see this movie. You want to come with? And I was like, sure. And it was really, really good. Yeah. Like I thoroughly enjoyed everything about it. It was twisted, fun. 
exhilarating. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah, I wouldn't call it a horror movie, which is why we kind of had to make this segment a horror slash thriller because it's like a lot of these like Happy Death Day to you is actually kind of funny, and this one is kind of funny in really dark ways. <laughs> and so, but still, like this is a really good. It's it's heart pounding. It has a really good pace to it. The characters make sense. Um, there's a really really good twist at the end. And overall, yeah, just really good movie. In the Tall Grass, um, this is a WTF movie <laughs> for sure. It is such a weird movie. And in a lot of ways, like I kind of saw a couple of reviews afterwards. And there's some people that just don't like this movie. But I like to call it next Netflixization. There's so many times I feel like a Netflix movie gets ragged on because it exists. And people don't look at it as a movie. And, like, I can even be made fun of on the internet because I'm enjoying a Netflix movie. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, there's so many instances where I feel like that happens. Like, like, um... What was the... Upgrade's a good Netflix movie that I enjoyed. Upgrade? No, that's not, that wasn't a Netflix movie. <laughs> you freaking there idiot. was one. Oh, oh, um, um... Uh, what happened to Monday? Yes, great. I was, I was movie. like, it was kind of science. Yeah, yeah. I was like, it's kind of sci-fi. So that's what. Yeah, <laughs> I am mother. Another really. Ooh, did that come out this year? I think it did actually. Dude, yeah, if we had a did. sci-fi, that would definitely go on there. But I just felt like I don't. I couldn't think of a lot or enough of sci-fis to put on there. But I am mother. Another really good one. But point being, in the tall grass is a really just weird freaking movie, and. But I feel like at the same time, for the fact that it's a movie set in tall grass, and so there's not a lot of changes of scenery, <laughs> the fact that it just it has this just interesting premise, and I, I liked it personally. So, I mean, I felt like it at least deserves to be on the list. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, what would be your personal of the year? 100% ready yeah. or not. See, ah, I'm stuck. Because I do feel like Happy Death Day to You and Ready or Not are so close. And I could even be the contrarian and be like Crawl. Because Crawl is just a really good high octane, you know, thrill ride essentially. So, I mean, I, I could even say that. So, I'm, I'm thinking personally Crawl. But if there's one that we can agree on, I feel like that's definitely Ready or Not. Because that, that ending, like kind of cements it for me because it was just so out of left field and it was like okay yeah this is freaking awesome or whatever so so as far as yeah. my personal I'll, i'm gonna go with crawl so i can be the contrarian but for the tx3 horror slash thriller of the year is ready or not um so then let's move on to our animated with our animated, we have How to Train Your Dragon, uh, the third one, which I want to say is like The Lost World or The, hit, the, the Hidden, Hidden World. world there you go. Uh, Abominable, uh, Toy Story 4, and Klaus, which is the, the Christmas one. So this category in particular, I'm very upset with myself <laughs> just based on the fact that a lot of these I should have seen. Toy Story 4 being the primary one, this is one I should have seen mm -hmm. in theaters. But I just, it's its one of those that was like, didn't have the money, couldn't do it. But um, that being said, How to Train Your Dragon 3, 
man, like another example of DreamWorks just absolutely killing an animated, mm. basically making a Pixar equivalent animated movie. Yeah. Like when it comes to story, when it comes to the actual like animation, how beautiful it looks, like realized worlds, like it's a combination between like it feels kind of like Avatar, James Cameron's Avatar in terms of like scale. Yeah, okay. With like the story and style of a Pixar yeah, movie, definitely, I could see that. And this one was like a great conclusion at the very end. I teared mm-hmm. up, man. and I haven't cared about this series really at all. I've only recently seen all yeah. of them, not too long ago, you know. So, but uh, hidden, How to Train Your Dragon Three: The Hidden World was definitely one of those that stuck yeah. with me. I feel like the best thing this did was give a satisfying conclusion. Because it was good as a, I mean, would it have been good as a standalone movie? Yeah, I guess. But there is just so much, kind of like Uncharted 4 could technically be good by itself. But there's so many little nods and winks that it really, it matters that you've seen the other ones. But you could still enjoy it by itself. And so I feel like that once again just makes it a really good movie. Um, So as far as, you know the story and everything. I also just love how looking back on it, each story had a really good theme to it. And it also was like him growing up. And so to see him now, he's grown up. He's a complete, he's like a man. He's becoming a man. And that was really cool. Um, Abominable is definitely a throwaway. It's kind of like there's the abominable snowman and he goes to like China or something. And so this girl is trying to get him back home. Um, it's a real cute movie. I went and saw it, uh, with my daughter, obviously. And it was just kind of, like I said, throw away, but not in the bad way. It was just kind of like, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. Um, the funniest thing is the whooping snakes. There's a, they're called whooping snakes and they literally just go whoop, 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 whoop. Uh, Toy Story 4, you should be burned at the stake for not seeing it. Um, but at the same time. I was very apprehensive about seeing this because three wrapped everything up in a perfect bow. So for me, four did not need to exist. And although I still believe that it's still a good movie by itself. It's still a kind of a nice conclusion at the same time, not as good of a conclusion as three. I still don't think it necessarily needs to happen, but it is not a money grab. They actually told a meaningful story, and I feel like that's something to be said. Yeah, uh, Toy Story 3, I cried three times at, <laughs> yeah, for right. sure. Like, it's one of those, like, it made, it was a cascade, cascading crying, because it was like, oh, this is the end. Okay, no, it's not, but I've already cried. Okay, now this is the end. Oh, my God, I'm crying. Oh, my God, I'm crying. So it, <laughs> it kind of got worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Um, yeah, I am I am beating myself up that I haven't seen it yet because Toy Story is my favorite Pixar mm-hmm. like series, I guess you could say. Um Yeah, yeah. So then there's Klaus. Um this is a Netflix movie, so this is definitely one you don't have an excuse for. But Klaus, I like it. Uh it does the whole typical like the Tory, the Tory, the story that was never told. Or it does that typical thing, but it's interesting. It kind of retells like Santa's origin in a really interesting way. Um the art style, I feel like the best way to describe this is like it was 
uh, the art style is very Emperor's New Groove. Like the characters okay. in them, even kind of the humor is very kind of Emperor's New Groove. Um, I love the voice actors. You got, you know, freaking J.K. Simmons. You got Edward Norton. Um, those are the two main guys. Um, the story also is really good. Like this is one that just this very well, especially I, I hate to say this is like, especially since it is a Netflix movie, it very well could have just been your, you know, here's a Christmas movie. But I feel like like every character has their own arc. The the movie itself was just so well put together. Um you know, what was that one with the robot but with uh, Jack Krasinski? Uh, um, John Krasinski. Um, that John. was, oh my God, I just saw it the other day. Oh, it's killing uh, me. Let's see. Go to IMDb. John Krasinski. Keeping you entertained while I look this up right now. I'm about to find it. Uh, promise. Where's it at? Where's it at? It's next gen. Next gen. Okay. Yeah. So that one, I feel like that was on our list last year, wasn't it? Yes, it was. That was yeah. one of those that was like really, really good. Yes. And so I would say one and done. this one holds up to that. Um, Next Gen, I feel like, you know, it's kind of cool because it has like sci-fi and everything. And this is kind of cool because it's just like an older story. I love the humor in it. I, like I said, every character has their own little story arc. And like the city that he goes to has its own story arc and it's so interesting it's so good like i expected to enjoy it by by all means but i did not expect to love it as much as i did so so what's your personal oh how to train your dragon the only one you saw okay sorry i'm gonna keep throwing I, I, you under the bus <laughs> yeah no you know you're totally good i i 2019 has not been my year for content um, animated for, for media yeah um, um my i would honestly say how to train your dragon yeah. For sure. Like yeah. I would that would be my pick out of all all of these. Yeah. Uh my personal Klaus. You know, Klaus is such a good movie. Um the fact that it's a Christmas movie is kind of secondary even though obviously it happens around Christmas. This is very much the invention of Christmas. So even though it's quote unquote a Christmas movie, it's also kind of timeless at the same time. So if that makes any sense. Um so I, I really like it. I really love how it was done. So that's my personal. Um, but if we chose a TX3, I would agree. It definitely goes to How to Train Your Dragon. It wraps the story up in such a good way. Such a goddamn good way. And in, like I said, looking back at each of them and how each one of them had their own story and story arcs of each one and nothing felt, you know, I feel like as panda could the kung fu panda went along they yeah. all could have just been their own movie whereas i feel like how to train your dragon really is sequels you know and not only that but i also feel like as panda went along it was sequels for sequels sake it was yeah you know whereas so. how to train your dragon every sequel was a sequel it was a continuation every character there was growth in every like and that's hard to do over three movies like so many trilogies, it's so hard to do that. This is a trilogy. This is probably one of the only trilogies that is satisfying all the way through. The only other one I can think, at least off the top of my head, is um, uh, the Planet of the Apes, the newer ones. So Rise mm -hmm. of the Planet of the Apes, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and War for the Planet of the Apes. 
that is a very satisfying trilogy. And each one progressively got better. And then How to Train Your Dragon, that's the only other one. Because everything else you could pick apart. Like Lord of the Rings, you can pick apart like two towers. Um, uh, Star Wars, you could pick apart like Return of the Jedi and maybe even, you know, a, uh, not A New Hope, uh, Empire, Empire Strikes Back. You know, so many trilogies, it's like, you know, there's a consensus. I feel like there's a consensus that this trilogy is very satisfying, just like there's a consensus for the Planet of the Apes. So the TX3 animated of the year, for sure, uh, How to Train Your Dragon 3. So then let's move on to action. Which, funny enough, we don't have Terminator on this list. Because I didn't see it, because I didn't fucking watch it. I didn't either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I kind of wanted to, but it was one of those, again, it's like, I don't have the money, don't feel like it. Right. <laughs> I really yeah, don't feel like it. This um, out. Yep. Um, so to start off, we'll start off with a movie I've seen. Most of, well, I wouldn't say most, a good bit of these I did see. All right, so for our action category, we've got Triple Frontier, Shazam. Shazam! Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum, or John Wick 3, Parabellum, yeah. Um, Spider-Man Far From Home, Six Underground, and Hobbs and Shaw. So, start off with a movie I have seen, Shazam. Um, Shazam is definitely one of those that it was a light at the end of the tunnel at that time that it came out, because... Mm, Okay, I can see where you're going with that, okay. Yeah, the last thing we really, like, I would say... Not going to get into semantics here. Not going to. Batman vs. Superman, the actual like extended edition cut, is a phenomenal movie as a whole. But theatrically, so far up to this point, Wonder Woman was... Well, Wonder Woman and Man of Steel were really the main ones that were like, oh, these are like good. Yeah, you know? yeah I can see As far that. as yeah. DCEU, Wonder Woman obviously gets an edge because Man of Steel is kind of a standalone movie in a lot of ways. Yeah, true. Um, but this comes out, and it is... DC's kid version of Deadpool, if you want to look at it like that. Yeah, okay, um, okay. Because it's very meta, like they're like flossing and it's like found footage style in some ways, um, but also just a great humor-filled movie that uh, really was was good from start to finish. So then we have uh, Triple Frontier. Uh, this is a really good one. Um, it has Ben Affleck, um, Oscar Isaac, yep. uh Pedro Pascal. Yep. And then the guy from that motorcycle show. Sons of Anarchy. Um, yeah. Is, oh God, it was uh, Charlie Hooman or Hoonan or something like that. Hooman's that. He's, <laughs> he's also from uh, Pacific Rim. I yeah, always forget true. that. That one I always forget. Um, it also has someone else that I don't know. It's one of those that, like, hey, I recognize him, but I don't know who he is. Oh, yeah. He's from, oh gosh. Oh, he's from something recent. Um, I'm looking him up on IMDb now. Um, Garrett Head- Headland. Yeah, yeah. He's he, from. Oh, he's from really, Tron. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's a really good actor. Um, I I like the ensemble cast is really cool. Um, I feel like the coolest thing about this movie is the fact that it's like a heist movie, but it's also a military movie. Not necessarily a war movie, but a military movie. So it's like the... It's like Jack Ryan kind of vibes, where it's like real world, not like Hollywood 
<clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, I just in general, like, I love like, I love the fact that we get this like heist, this kind of the town, but with military people. So we get the precision of military. Like these people were clearly trained as like Navy SEALs and stuff like that, but they're pulling off a heist. And it's really interesting. I really liked it. Um, I don't understand why you didn't see it. This is another Netflix one. You have no excuse. Um, but yeah, definitely just really good, really well acted. Um, and I feel like it also had just a really good pace for, for, you know, a two and a half hour movie. So really, really good. Really good. Um, so another one superhero wise, Spider-Man far from home, far from home. Now this is one of those, I feel the same way about the rise of Skywalker that I do with this, where love it as love it as a Spider-Man film. Probably one of my favorites. Cause going back to it. Yeah. 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 Did not love Homecoming. Thought it was really, really good, but everyone's like, it's my favorite. And I'm like, that movie Mm-mm, felt like a by the books yeah. Marvel movie. Yes, to definitely. Me. Yeah. Far From Home did not feel like that. Far From Home ha- had its own identity. Um, and it's one of those, as a Spider Man movie and story, it was really, really good. The mm-hmm. biggest sin of it is the fact of letting us know that Mysterio, like letting us know anything about Mysterio from the trailer because. I feel yeah. like if that wouldn't have been the case, the the whole first 30 to 45 minutes of the movie or the first half of the movie is pointless because we know that he's going to turn. I mean, we know who Mysterio is. So it's kind of one of those things that the best part of the movie is the second half. Yes, And that's where definitely. it gets balls Absolutely. to the wall. Oh my God, these effects. Like it, you know, a video series me and you both love, um, the corridor digital guys the vfx artists react to yeah did not realize that in all of those mysterio scenes are 100 cg there's no practical elements in them whatsoever and so mm-hmm. it's one of those it's like oh my god this is uh this is one of those and especially post endgame like this is because you remember how we all felt about ant-man or ant-man and the wasp mm-hmm. it was like we just had infinity war and ant-man and the wasp was like this is a good Marvel story, but you just, whereas with this, yeah. I felt like it, it, it fit being after Endgame and like it really doubled yeah. down on that. So phenomenal uh, Marvel film, Marvel Cinematic Universe film. Um, really good yep. Spider-Man story. Yeah. I mean, Mysterio is definitely rose to the very top as far as like um, Spider-Man villains. Yeah. I really hope that hit like spoiler alert. I really hope that his death was faked and maybe we can get some kind of a sinister six or something in the next, um, they've got to be leading up to it. I mean, I would love that. I would absolutely love that because I feel like they're, that yeah, they're already really cool proving in general. To, they, they have proven themselves as being able to tell good good villain stories with these Spider-Man yes. movies because they took mm-hmm. two of the most obscure Spider-Man villains, a trickster mm-hmm. and a, mm-hmm. a vulture man, and made them grounded. And like the fact that Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio wears like a Weta Workshop Hollywood mocap suit that is his right. outfit is so right. cool. Like it, it it's a modern version of that character that's true to true to his nature. Definitely, definitely. And then um, our next one would be John Wick 3 Parabellum. Um, you know, I, I really liked it. Obviously, the up the ante as far as, like, action scenes or whatever. The story was kind of just there, to be honest. Like, 
And there's actually some parts of it that are just like, okay, like you're just making a sequel. Just make a sequel. You know what I mean? Like don't you don't have to tie it together like you like you're trying to do. Just give me a nice sequel with some cool sequences. And that's what they did, but as far as the story I mean, I just wish they would have done something else. It could have been anything else. I don't know. It's just the story they did have for it was just very much like, okay, it's happening. But having said that, my God, the the sequences that they do come up with, like, you know, it's very much like, you know, the first one, you're like, oh, yeah, this is really cool. Oh, there's going to be another one. Okay. Oh, wow, this is really good. And then the third one comes along. And even though the story was definitely not there, they, like, they like doubled down on like action and just the practicality of everything, which I think is always what made all of the John Wicks really good is the practicality of everything, the really long takes and everything. Oh God, just really good movie overall. Yeah. This will be following the trend of the John Wick films where I watch them years after they come out. Cause I watched chapter two this year <laughs> <laughs> for the very first time. Yeah. Um, right, so this right. is one I'll obviously catch up on at some point. It'll just depend on if I'm going to see Bill and Ted 3 first before I see John Wick 3. (laughs) Um, Oh, man. um, A quick one that, like we've kind of said before, is a good standalone or a throwaway. Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw. 100% did not expect to enjoy this movie as much as I did. I knew, like, the last two Fast and Furious films, I'm just like okay, these are way over the top and they're doubling down on that, whatever. This is that tenfold. Like, this is one of those, like... Like, to a self-aware To a self-aware degree, but it's enjoyable and it's entertaining and it's still Mm. wholesome. Like, The Rock going to see his family and, like, that whole part of the film, like, the last battle or whatever, meant something. Mm. There were stakes there. Everything was established. And, man... Mm. uh, (sighs) Um... What's what I was going to say? Jason Statham and The Rock work perfectly together in this film. It's it's they, <clears throat> it's kind of like Central Intelligence, but better. Yeah, where it's okay. you've got this these okay. two complete opposites, but they are able to work together. Now the only issue I had with it is it is it is like they they do, some of the things they double down on. It's like okay, we get it, we get the point. But it was one of those Fast and Furious movie that one and done loved it like really enjoyed my time with it and you know it's it's worth talking about yeah speaking of worth to talking about and balls to the wall action six underground this looks phenomenal and you can't get on to me because this is the one literally just came out and i'm two episodes high it on did Mandalorian. Not literally come out it came out like two freaking weeks ago just okay i'm two episodes no! high behind on the mandalorian so what do you want me to do oh boo-hoo um no, this is this is the most Michael Bay movie that has ever Michael Bayed. I mean, not only that, but like I am 100, 1000% convinced that Michael Bay should never do any other movie unless it's rated R. Like his style of action, his over the top action makes way more sense in a rated R movie because then you just get to see how effed up it is and just like oh like the first 20 minutes of this movie is a freaking car chase um the middle of it is a little bit like okay we're getting some backstory we're getting some flashbacks it's very messy but once again it's so michael bay as far as like how it flashes back and how like uh whatever like but then that that when it gets in the third act and it starts getting into you know the rest of the movie, my freaking god, the rest of this movie is just so goddamn good. 
You know what I mean? But it's not good as in like uh, even John Wick is a good example. It's not good in the sense of it's like, oh, this is very well executed. And no, I'm just it's good because it's like, dear God, they just let Michael Bay be Michael Bay. (laughs) Yeah. They did not I think let Michael him Bay hold going back forward at all. Would be perfect with just doing Netflix and streaming movies, and because yeah. they can still be good, but it's one of those that he, in Hollywood people make fun of him, like of his. So, like, I think Michael Bay is a perfect fit for something like, like Netflix because the stakes aren't as high as like a big box office close. And please, yeah, just can yeah. someone make another good Transformers movie, please, Michael Bay? I'm sorry, bud, but you really <laughs> dropped the ball. <laughs> Bumblebee, I mean, would be a nice honorable mention into the action category. Um, It definitely doesn't worth to be on the list itself. But as far as honorable mention, the fact that anybody could make a a Transformers movie and convince anybody that it's good is an accomplishment in and of itself. So that much I'll throw down the gauntlet on that. And lastly, the big boy himself. Big boy himself. (laughs) Ten years in the making. (laughs) Avengers Endgame. Oh, man. Like, was it even like we don't even have to what's our personal it's this obviously what well, i'm going to okay so there's not much i'm going to say about this i am going to direct you to either on the <clears throat> in the description or somewhere wherever we'll post a link we are going to link our avengers in-game spoiler cast review because i feel yeah. like that clearly like we that was one of my favorite pieces of content that we've done this year because it was so fun um i had a lot of fun with some of the gags that you'll see in there but it illustrates our like love and appreciation and just detailed take on this movie but avengers endgame something that's the rise of skywalker i don't think can accomplish (laughs) and marvel's able to do it in 10 years instead of 42 but avengers Mm -hmm. endgame is what's it, this movie will go down in history in terms of cinema of how you build a universe and give it a conclusion and a conclusion yeah. in a way that still makes sense for us to continue on to make these movies yeah definitely you know it's i mean yeah, we'll definitely direct you to our spoiler cast. If you want to know more our thoughts about it, we kind of go beat by beat about what we thought about this, this, that, you know, we kind of go beat by beat. So, like, go to the spoiler cast, let, you know, go there. It's just a good, it's a good movie. Um, you know, as far as, like, pacing and maybe story-wise, eh, you could definitely nitpick the hell out of it if you really wanted to. But for me, everything just made sense. You know, there's a lot of people out there arguing that Infinity War is better than Endgame. And to certain points, I could agree with that. It's better paced. Yeah, it's better paced. It's more action-oriented, where this is obviously a time heist. So you got the first half where, um, you know, it's making the heist or planning the heist, and then the rest is, you know, doing the heist or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, but overall as a story like the fact that each character had a good amount of time had their own story arcs and everything that's one thing that avengers and in, in general has always been good at you know you could argue the first one was probably the worst at it but um every avengers in my opinion has been really good at everybody kind of shining in their own ways mm-hmm. and this one 
takes that and dials it up to 11 you know so yeah that's all we'll say about it so what's our tx3 action of the year so avengers endgame you know, we'll see i'm gonna throw a wrench in that shut the f- up because <laughs> i have a feeling that's gonna be a contender for our overall i think that yeah. would beat it oh. over far from home so mm. i suggest that we nominate far from home to be action no. Because I know it's not going to win over overall with Endgame. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see what you're saying, but that's just not how it works here. I knew you were going to say that. I don't even know. Why I tell. I totally disagree. Far from Home is a good movie for sure, and it's probably one of my favorite Spider-Man's, other than you know Spider-Verse. Obviously, did that come out this year? No, that was last year. That was that last year. Was, that was last year. Um, and it's definitely one of the better uh, Spider-Man's of all time, but. It doesn't come anywhere close to okay. Endgame. Fair enough. I would even say John Wick three in certain ways is better, just because of how fluid it is and like the really long takes and stuff like that. As far as an action movie, you know what I mean? Yeah. But okay. it, yeah, sorry, it doesn't come anywhere close. But worth a shot. We'll say a close third. <laughs> okay. Uh, biggest surprises of the year: um, Cold Pursuit, Hellboy, Aladdin, and Ma. 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 <laughs> Anyways, uh, so starting off with Cold Pursuit, I feel like, okay, here's the thing about the quote-unquote biggest surprises. I made this because these aren't good movies necessarily, but the reason why they're surprises is because of how much they didn't suck. <laughs> Because Cold Pursuit is very much just a Liam Neeson movie. And if you watch the trailers, it's like, okay, it's Liam Neeson doing Liam Neeson. And then you watch the movie and it's like, oh, this is actually not that bad. I actually really like it. And it was, it was a surprise. So, I mean, that that's pretty much why this category exists is because it's just, it's not that they're good, great, fantastic movies. It's just like, wow. I expected this to suck. I expected it to just be a throwaway movie, and it actually ended up being a, an okay movie. So, yeah, Cold Pursuit looked like one of those movies that were were definitely <clears throat> Liam Neeson. Like this is a Liam Neeson taken kind of like where we're playing up yeah. the tropes, especially from the trailer. Pretty much most of these on this list are gonna be yours, so you can blow through those. Um, the, okay. The main the the one the really one for me. I can't wait to hear you talk about Hellboy. Is Ma. Ma's one of those that it again is a good self-contained story that was entertaining mm-hmm. and was one of those that I knew it wasn't going to be scary, but it still managed to be creepy in some ways that were just like yeah. un- unsettling. But Octavia Spencer, really great actress, um, really interesting, just kind of mind, you know, very simple kind of screwing with your mind, sort of um, weird reality sort of check kind of movies, but it, it was, um, it's one of those, it's definitely not Oscar worthy. It's, you know, I would say probably a seven, but same with me. It didn't suck. And I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. I was entertained throughout that movie. Yeah. Um, so then Aladdin, like, like I said, the main reason we even have this is because, Oh wow. It didn't suck. Like, honestly, it wasn't that bad. You know, I felt like, I. I know this sounds weird, but it's like, I felt like it could have been much worse, but okay. I do feel like even though nobody, nobody could ever take Robin Williams place. I do feel like, um, Will Smith did his best and his charm works for that part. 
Um, some of the other people don't really work. Like Jafar, uh, he's kind of throwaway. Jasmine I really liked. I thought she was really good. Um, and just overall, I was just so surprised that this didn't seem like a cash grab. This didn't seem like the worst thing of all time. But hey, we still have one more category to talk about Disney being the worst of all time. So <laughs> wait for that. Um, and then Hellboy... I'll be honest. I'm going to be honest with you. It's not great. It's not anywhere, anywhere close to the Guillermo del Toro Hellboys. However, like I said, the whole existence of this category is it wasn't. (laughs) It didn't suck. And in a lot of ways, if they could have cleaned up the story a little bit, if they could have made it a little bit bit less all over the goddamn place um i really could have seen this as a start of a really good franchise unfortunately i feel like how bad it did with critics and overall audiences i don't know if we'll get another hellboy in this universe we actually might be getting a hellboy 3 in the guillermo del toro which is hilarious because if you think about the world we live in where there was a Ghostbusters 2016 and then a Ghostbusters 3 and there's a Hellboy and then a Hellboy 3. Like, imagine the world we live in where that's a real thing happening. It's, it's easily one of those things that if that comes out, that's Guillermo going, step aside, boys. Like, step aside, I got this. I got this. It, it's one of those Freaking that, hold my the, beer, man. <laughs> the only reason I want to see Hellboy is because I think of David Harbour. Um, yeah. Because like he seems like a perfect fit uh, apart mm-hmm. from, I mean, Ron Perlman's definitely always going to be Hellboy, at least cinematically to me, because he's the original. Yeah, yeah. But they, like, he, 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 it's the same thing about Black Widow. I want to see Black Widow because of the story, but man, the scene of him like getting so happy about putting his suit back on, and they're like, "You've gotten fat." <laughs> like, it's mm-hmm. one of those. That, man, I just love this guy. Yeah, I mean, he was definitely one of the better parts. I feel like, if anything, one of the things I did actually kind of like about it was the fact that it was rated R. It seems to just, when you're talking about demons and like, it fits Hellboy. You know what I mean? And so, like, let me be clear. There's plenty about this that sucks. But as far as the overall movie, yeah, it's really good. So, yeah. That's my that's my thing. Um, so if we had, say, the biggest surprise for me personally, uh, Cold Pursuit. Because, like I said, like you said, particularly, you said it looks like just a normal Liam Neeson movie and it's sad because that's how they marketed it. But once you watch it, it's not your typical Liam Neeson movie. There's definitely Liam Neeson tropes, like you said, but I, I feel like overall it was way, way better than I thought. So, and then yours personals was Ma. So let's go on to our biggest disappointments of 2019. So, for the biggest disappointments, we have listed the Lego Movie 2, Captain Marvel, Brightburn, The the Lion King, and Dumbo, kind of together, I guess. Yeah, we pushed those together, yeah. The Star Wars Saga, which I'm curious about, (laughs) and then the very long, really unnecessary title that I'm just going to go by, the Zac Efron Ted Bundy movie. Oh, man. So, yeah, let's start with the Lego Movie 2. This is a sequel for sequel's sake. It is so money grubby. It's just dumb, and I hate it. So, moving on. (laughs) Um, So, Captain Marvel... (sighs) 
don't hate this movie. It's definitely yeah, not, not my... We're not sexist people, thank you very much. It's definitely not my least favorite of all of the Marvel movies. There's a lot about it I do love. I love the setting of it. I love the atmosphere, like the flashback of, you know, going True. back to I the can 90s. agree with that. And the scrolls are a super important part to the story. <clears throat> we find out a lot more in Endgame, which mm-hmm. I love the fact that they did. And I actually loved what they did with the twist with the scrolls because I knew they were going to be bad. And... Spoiler alert, they ended up not being the case, <laughs> so right, far as we yeah. can tell. Um, but it's one of those that it's... it. Th- what makes this movie such a disappointment is the fact of she... They hyped Captain Marvel up to be the answer that was going to defeat Thanos, and she had almost zero importance in Endgame. Yeah. The biggest disappointment of Captain Marvel is not the whole whammon thing. It's, it has nothing to do with Captain Marvel herself. Even though I feel like she it could have been better acted and there could have been more of a see the problem with having a perfect character like Superman, for instance, is a perfect example. The problem with having a perfect character is that if you start off perfect and then you end perfect, there's no character development other than her being better at shooting beams out of her hand. There's really no character development. And I hate that, but the biggest disappointment is the little things that they did that make no sense. Like how Nick Fury loses his eyes is the biggest slap in the face. Nick Fury's eye getting gouged out by a freaking space cat. cat. Like it didn't, I don't know. It was so stupid. It was just so stupid. And it's like, you took this mysterious event and turned it into a joke. That's the thing that's so like infuriating is that here's this badass character and they turned him into a joke by having the reason he loses his eye because of it. Oh God. It's so in- just talking about it infuriates me because why, why would they do that is because he's a man. Like he's a man. So he needs to be punished and made to look stupid or so. I don't know. I freaking hated it. Um, speaking of freaking hated Brightburn. Brightburn from the trailers, from everything, looked to be like, what if Superman was a bad guy? You know, and that's definitely what you got for sure. But as far as like the story, it just wasn't that intriguing. Now, Brightburn has the absolute um, misfortune that I actually saw the boys before I saw Brightburn. Even though Brightburn came out before the boys, I saw the boys first and then Brightburn. So to me, Brightburn is just a really dumbed down version of the boys. <laughs> Cause there's even a cut there's even a scene literally from the boys where like um, spoiler alert, you know, somebody lasers through somebody's head and it happens in Brightburn too. But in Brightburn, it's just like, I don't know. Like I almost kind of saw it coming. It was just like, whatever. But in the boys, I did not see it coming. Like I felt something was going to happen, but then he did it. And I'm like, wow, like it was a big surprise. So yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, that's interesting to me because Brightburn is still one of those I want to I wanted to see because I love like James Gunn's style. Um, so yeah. it, I, with you saying that the whole thing with the boys, it makes me wonder if I'm going to feel the same way. Um, yeah, but interesting. Um, so in an alternate universe, if I would have saw this before the boys, because the whole thing about the boys that makes it interesting is seeing the dark side of 
superheroes, so to speak. So then seeing that before Brightburn just really ruined Brightburn because the boys take so many more risks. Whereas this, it's very formulaic, you know, and it definitely tries to make it more of a horror super movie, superhero movie. And so I kind of like that aspect of it. But other than that, it's just kind of throwaway in the worst way in this particular sense. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of throwaway, (laughs) the lion. So you can speak more to Dumbo. I can speak, you know, I'll speak more to the Lion King. God, what a movie that is 100% Disney wanting to make more money. Um, this see now let, let me explain real fast I don't want to cut you off I apologize let me explain to you why I lump these together because they're kind of two sides to the coin in the Lion King they didn't change enough in Dumbo they changed too much and either way it sucked so go good on good point yeah the Lion King is very much a shot for shot remake of the original with Annoyingly so. Annoyingly so, <laughs> but the most annoying part about it is it's missing a lot of the soul that the cartoon had. Like, Absolutely. And it's so upsetting because you have people like, we like this year we just had seen something from both Donald Glover and, uh, well, no, I was going to say Donald Glover and Rihanna, but Beyonce has established herself to be a decent actor. You know, she's not a terrible actor sure, by any chance. Yeah. And, and Donald Glover is a jack of all trades. I mean, come on. But their performances were so flat, so soulless. And I think, to be honest with you, I think this movie would have been a lot better if they were able to convey the same emotion they were able to in The Jungle Book, which is funny because they're both mm-hmm. directed by mm-hmm. Favreau. And Favreau has stated that he wanted... Like the Lion King is what he wanted the Jungle Book to be. They just couldn't master the the effects, you know, the the right style for the animation. Um, but I think well, see, I heard kind of the opposite, where like the Lion the Jungle Book, like one of the things he wanted to do was make it more realistic, and so that's why the Lion King is more realistic. That's what I said. Yeah. Well, I may have not. Exp- oh, yeah. You made. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, what okay. I meant. Sorry. If I didn't express I it, yes. So, but it's one of those that it's it was a movie that. I mean, I saw and very forgettable, you know, and the Lion King is not my all time favorite Disney movie like it is for everyone else. But even still, Mm -hmm. like I, I didn't realize till I was an adult that, you know, the Lion King is basically based off of, um, Hamlet, you know, it's very, it's Shakespearean. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, with it being more modern and nuanced, maybe that'll be no. Okay. No, it's just a shot for shot remake. Mm. I will say shot for goddamn shot. The best part about it probably would be Timon and Pumbaa. I don't think I don't yeah. think you can replace Nathan Lane. I don't remember the actor who played Pumbaa, Definitely. but yeah. Seth Rogen and oh Billy, I don't remember his last name. Um he's he's Billy Mays? <laughs> no, there was no cocaine in this. Um oh. they both did a really good job of creating a new dynamic with Timon and Pumbaa that was they were hilarious. Like they definitely had yeah. some laugh out loud oh. moments. I'll take it a step further. Any any character that's not a lion was phenomenal. John Oliver was my favorite. Oh my god! Like I laughed out loud yeah. so much. Two giraffes were caught necking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. So funny. That is true. Uh, a bunch of uh, well, he's like a bunch of flamingos are just standing around. It's like ah, <laughs> <laughs> but 
But like John Oliver in general, like he was hilarious. But on top of that was definitely Timon and Pumbaa. Um, so like I said, um, The Lion King did not change enough. It was a shot for shot remake in the sense of why even remake it? Because the, like you said, the animation, the anguish in Simba's eyes when he realizes his dad, it makes you want to cry. Whereas the Lion King, the, there is no anguish. There is nothing. The only reason you want to cry is because of how much you're hating the movie. Um, then there's Dumbo. And like I said, that one, it has the exact opposite problem where it changed too much. And it didn't even seem like Dumbo. It seemed like, you know, it seemed like, you know, like, what was it? Like the Cloverfield Lane or something? Yeah. Where it's like, here's this movie that we just threw Cloverfield into oh, rather Cloverfield than Paradox. it being. Or... No, 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 no. Oh. No, it 10, 15 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's, a, it's in the Cloverfield, you know, universe, but it was like really just the very last, like maybe... 30 seconds that you really get and that the it's a Cloverfield movie yeah yeah exactly so anyways but yeah so they changed too much and it was just like the only real difference is yes there's Dumbo yes he gets taken away from his mom yes there's a feather yes he can fly other than that it's like without the racist birds what is Dumbo <laughs> anyways um so Back to, like, you said you were interested in this part, Star Wars Saga. So the reason why I said Saga rather than Nine is because Nine just proves how effed up the Saga was. This um, sequel um, trilogy is so messed up, and Nine proves it in my eyes. Nine proves that Eight was messed up. Yeah, you know, there very much was so many debates over whether or not eight or was good or not. But nine coming out the way it had to come out because of all the corners that JJ was backed into, he was backed into so many damn corners. And the fact that half the movie is really just kind of rewriting eight in so many dumb, stupid ways. And so, because of that, this entire saga is marred by that. Whereas, like, Force Awakens, I feel like generally people like it. They might not like the fact that it kind of just retells certain things, but it's still, in general, it's a good movie. You know, it's definitely not the best, you know. And then, obviously, how divisive that one. And just the whole saga, it's just proven to me, in, in my opinion. Yeah, the the last, not, not the last Jedi, The Rise of Skywalker and The Force Awakens are two Star Wars movies that do deserve absolutely to be in the saga, to be in the core canon story yeah. of what we know. The mm-hmm. biggest problem, and so I will agree with you on this because I had this conversation. I think years from now, how we've talked about years for the prequel movies, I think that this movie, this trilogy will go down as the worst in most people's eyes and they'll blame Disney for it. Like this yeah. trilogy I think is going to be marred yeah by Disney owning it. But you're absolutely right. The common thread that I have heard between a lot of reviewers is that at least with the prequel trilogy, um, there was a... Clear story, because it was George directing all three of them. Exactly. There was a clear story. There was a clear beginning, middle, and end. Having 
you know, having absolutely no like outline as to what they were going to do completely ruined this entire sequel trilogy. Like it just, and it could have been so much better. Could have been. Yeah, I can agree with that. Uh, Rise of Skywalker is a really good finale and a really good film, but yeah, it is 100% like, and you know me, I was on the fence about The Last Jedi too. I was like, it's not a bad movie. I think it deserves a place. Now I'm like, there's no point for that movie. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm so glad. It took nine for you to like get on my side. (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, All right. So the Ted Bundy movie, it was one, like I'll admit, because I definitely gave you so much hard time. I gave you so much about it's a netflix movie you should have watched it and this is one like i wanted to watch and for some reason i just didn't and it was i guess it was more because it was i don't know it was just like whatever so So, what what are you what's disappointing about it in a world we live in where we have great in a world in a world where we have great um and and i'm gonna i'm gonna tie this specifically to real you know, based on true story movies, because like prisoners, mm-hmm. I think is a phenomenal, like oh, oh, movie. Yes. But you know, based on true events, that's what I'll stick with. When you have movies like Zodiac, which is a very slow movie, but still tells a great story. And then things like Mindhunter, which is just a phenomenal dive into these, you know, serial killers, these famous serial killers. Yeah. Um, Plus and, Netflix as well. So it is Netflix as well. I had high expectations for, you know, Ted Bundy, easily one of the most infamous, you know, serial killers um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. around. So I, them tapping Zac Efron to be Ted Bundy, I was like, oh, this is this might be something that I want to watch. The movie ended up just being like The Lion King, shot for shot remakes of the footage of Bundy when he was in prison and you know, everything oh, wow. mm-hmm. like that, the scenarios, they were all and they even play it at the very end, like to match the scene with the actual thing that they took it from and that's their their main focus i mean it really doesn't it tells a story but it doesn't tell a good cohesive one it's basically just they gathered all this footage to make this kind of documentary style thing and you know didn't really do anything now i will say zach efron is ted bundy very convincing very charming Mm. Mm-hmm. Very like he 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 was good, but the problem I think lies with the editing and with the actual like cut of the movie. Yeah, yeah. All right, so then uh, biggest disappointment me personally, I'd have to go with the Lion King <clears throat> because, and I th- I feel like for me the reason why it's the Lion King is because when I saw Aladdin, I'm like, Oh, this isn't that bad. So like, it gave me a glimmer of hope that maybe the Lion King won't suck or whatever. And then I saw it and I'm like, this is just it. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I won't reiterate what we already talked about, but yeah, it was just like, this is pointless. Why does this exist? I think I'm going to vote the same because I didn't mm-hmm. expect it to be phenomenal. And, and I even walked out disappointed. And it's one of those mm-hmm. that this had a lot of high stakes. Like they were touting this and you can see clearly that they did not get what they thought they were going to because mm-hmm. they have not done what they have with like Marvel movies where they tout them everywhere and like proving, look, this is what we did. They're yeah, not doing that yeah, with the Lion yeah, King. True. So I think that's, going to be my pick too all right so biggest disappointment for tx3 is the lion king so before we get into the overall movie of the year uh what would you say are maybe let's pick three each of movies we wish we would have seen so as you can tell from this episode there's a lot i haven't seen so (laughs) i'm gonna try to narrow it down to three um godzilla i think is one for me Mm -hmm. um 
I didn't want to see it because I really loved the Brian Cranston Godzilla. Um, and mm-hmm, I thought this mm-hmm. looked too over the top. And then the last trailer before it came out, I saw, I was like, Oh no, this looks good. And I just mm-hmm. never got around to it. Um, once upon a time in Hollywood, <clears throat> the last phenomenal Tarantino movie I saw was Django. Cause I actually never saw the hateful eight. Oh, really? Um, oh, okay. But this is one of those that we live in a world now where true crime is just taking over everything. And this plays into it. Cause it, it, it's so interesting that it tells a story of Hollywood like actors in Hollywood, but also brings in things like, Oh, I don't know. Um, Manson and the Manson yeah. family. And like they, it's Tarantino, you know, it's, it's one that looks like, Oh my God, this is something I'm going to be invested in. And then, mm-hmm. Oh man. I would say probably Peanut Butter Falcon with okay. um, Shia LaBeouf because I I don't watch a whole lot of wholesome movies a lot yeah, that actually yeah. make me feel good. This is one of those that I really wanted to see because I know it was going to make me. I want to feel like dirt. Damn it! Why are you trying yeah. to make me feel good? <laughs> yeah, I want to feel I want to feel good, and this is one of those that it looks like some really good work from Shia. I will give a shout out to um, Ad Astra. Mm-hmm. I don't think I will ever see it. Um, but yeah, it, yeah. it's got vibes of inception with Brad Pitt and it just looks really cool. Yeah. Uh, me personally, uh, I'll second your once upon a time in Hollywood. Um, n- not for anything else than Tarantino. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's literally yeah. the only reason. Um, it chapter two, honestly, I don't know why I didn't go see it. I don't know what was going on in my life. I don't know. Because like the yeah, first same. one I was so excited for. I went out with a big group. We went and saw it. It was freaking awesome. Granted, what I've heard about it, maybe I'm glad I didn't go see it. But at the same time, I'd still like to see it. You know what I mean? And so I think that's that's on my list for sure. And then actually, I'd have to say it's, funnily enough, another Shia movie. Um, but actually, Honey Boy. Um, the one where it's like Shia LaBeouf's life and he's actually in it. So it's like, that is really intriguing to me. Cause like, instead of it being like a Hollywoodized version of retelling the story, it, I feel like we can trust it more because he's actually in it. He's playing his father, so which he's is playing really his, cool. Yeah, he's playing his father. So I feel like we can trust it a little bit more because it's like, this is, it's pretty much his retelling of it. And, you know, I don't know. It just, it looks really good as far as like, just from a drama. Like I would, I would wager a bet that if we would have both saw it, it might've actually won the drama of the year because that's how good it looks, you know? All right. So let's get to the overall. Oh, oh. So Star Wars. Yes. How could it be a biggest disappointment and best overall? Like we said, as a, movie by itself still a really good movie uh far from home spider-man klaus once again really good joker i did not personally see joker but what i've heard about it what i've heard about it like i definitely deserves to be here and then avengers in game so um the only one we haven't talked about is joker so you go ahead talk about joker joker man um what a weird movie because it's one of those that it shouldn't exist. If DC would have gotten there, gotten all their stuff together and actually made a good cinematic universe, then, you know, I think this would have been a completely different movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the fact that it is a brand new standalone story, which they'll probably get sequels, but whatever. Um, standalone story, Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. Bless you. And 
Thank you. And it's kind of one of those that you don't think this would be good. And it, for some reason, it doesn't get close to a masterpiece like the dark Knight, but God damn, it's close. Yeah. It is close, man. It is one of those that it's like he, Joaquin Phoenix, bless you, <laughs> puts on such a fantastic performance. Like with this one movie, he cements himself as being up among some of the, like the greats who have played the Joker. I mean, he deserves to have a spot next to Mark Hamill and Heath Ledger and Cesar Romero, Jack Nicholson, all of them. Yeah. Well, we won't talk about Jared Leto. Love you, buddy. <laughs> but we won't talk about Jared Leto. Um, but he deserves his spot that he's in. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's fascinating for it to be a comic book movie, but not like yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you remember it's Gotham after a couple different pieces pop up mm. and it just it it adds new life and information into the this world and this city and this place that we've grown up with reading in comics and these different stories and is um adding content to that it it is it's definitely one of those movies that it, it i'll be surprised if if it doesn't get oscar buzz <clears throat> yeah 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 definitely all right so best overall movie of 20 20- 19. I think we can both agree on it. I don't think there's any debate about it and we don't we don't even have to talk about it. Cats. It's obviously cats. <laughs> oh, speaking of, I will throw this in there. I don't know if you have seen people listening. I don't know if you've seen they are doing a re-release of Cats with better CGI. I am not kidding you. Well- no, I am not kidding. You're kidding. No, I'm not. I don't. I don't remember. Did they like Sonicify it and actually make it look? I better? guess like I guess after reviews, they were like, I guess this does look kind of creepy. So they're doing something to make it look better. I don't know, but I just find that so funny because that movie literally like, came when? out this when week. When is it happening? What's that? When is that happening? I don't then? know. Like, are they going to wait a I, couple of months? Probably sometime in 2020. Wow, that's so weird. Yeah. You know, there is actually one thing that I heard from a reviewer saying how. Like they would cock their head to one side and cock their head to the other side and the face, the human face on it, wouldn't match it. And it's like, how do you f*** that up? Like, anyways, obviously that's a joke. Um, best personal of the year, and I feel like maybe TX3 is definitely uh, Avengers Endgame. It, it's one of those that it's almost an unfair win because like, yeah, it, it's, it's one of those movies that <clears throat> it's phenomenal by itself, but it also is so important that it deserves to be like people's overall like you know top mm-hmm. number one film or something like that. I would say... Uh, yes, out of this list for sure, Avengers <laughs> would win. Joker is is knocking at its door. I mean, it's one of those that it's yeah, a, it's definitely. A, I can agree. It's a phenomenal that, yeah. movie for a different reason and a different viewing. Yeah, I mean personally, the reason it is is because Avengers Endgame is the one movie for the entire year where it felt like it was an event. It wasn't just a moment in cinema. It was an event for years and years to come it will be so so hard for anything to come close to just how balls to the wall how much of an event this is the closest closest thing that i could compare this to is when the force awakens first came out that was an event yeah you know star wars coming back to the big screen and coming back in such a big way that is the only other time that i could think and i'd say that this surpasses that just because of 
how many films were building up to this, how much, you know, whether you want to argue about how formulaic and yada yada, it's the Marvel formula. Regardless, it's been 10 years in the making. And it's not like 10 years in the sense where we had to wait 30 years in between, you know, the last Star Wars movies to this Star Wars movie or yada yada. No, it was 10 years with constant, like two movies a year, and they all were building towards this. The amount of vision, the amount of foresight that they had to. Yes, they messed up. Like, why did Iron Man come back to work when he gave up on Iron Man 3? Yes, there's definitely things like that that happened throughout the series. Having said that, it's still, it's an achievement, and it, it was a moment in time. If you were alive during this time in space you will most likely remember this happening yeah just because it's just such a cinematic moment in time you know it's the moment where like they took 10 years and they wrapped it all up and oh god the, i i just i can't uh, i can't predict what will happen next you know, the only thing I can think of is if there's another movie that comes out and then it comes out with a sequel and then it comes out with a trilogy and it like each one, like I, I just can't because I literally cannot think of anything that will even come close to it, surpassing this as far as an event. Yeah, it, it goes it goes back to what I was saying earlier. What's so perfect about this movie is it's not only a fantastic finale and conclusion, it's a phenomenal beginning to go, you know, spread like completely branch out and do different things i mean the way they set up the entire movie and especially the way the movie ends literally mm -hmm. leaves it open to you know alternate universes and i mean they, they literally do create that at one point <laughs> you know what i'm saying so it's like yeah it, it yeah. makes it's it's one of those it's like oh how are they going to finish phase three like how is phase four going to be like i can clearly see how phase four is going to go and that's a good thing they were yeah. still able to conclude a ph phenomenal story but sow the seeds for a brand new one yeah yeah i mean yeah it's just just yeah you know because i mean i would say that even even like the original avengers it was definitely a moment in time and i definitely remember that but like this is just so much more yeah because while avengers took a bunch of movies and mushed them together in a way that had never been done before avengers endgame was like hold my beer like i got that like the, the amount oh god yeah yeah i'm sorry like it was it was a no-brainer you know and it was just like it it, it but, uh, but so those are our personal movies of the year let us know what's your favorite horror what's your favorite comedy what's your favorite action what's your best overall you let us know down in those comments below let us know how you're doing how was your 2019 Ours was pretty good. We're looking forward to another 2020. Um, our next video is going to definitely be kind of like a look forward to uh, what you can expect from us from ThreadX Reproductions coming in the future. So please look forward to that. It will kind of go over what we're going to be bringing to the table. So I'm really excited to kind of reveal certain things that we've been kind of keeping at, you know, keeping up to our chest like no you can't see this yeah. <laughs> you can't see this so i'm really excited to kind of get out get it out there and let you guys like gnaw on it a little bit so i was your host nick and i was your host nate and that was our movies of the year thank you so much for joining us on this episode of nerd radio where you can always talk nerdy to me
Had to do it one more time. <laughs> <laughs>